0: Severin Run. My name is John and we are so excited to have you guys with us today. It is a honor actually to be able to get to start out this new year. Welcome to 2021. Congratulations you made it through. 2020 is over and we are on to see what God has in store for us this year and we believe that it's going to be some great great things. A few weeks ago, when Dr. Drew first started talking to me about the opportunity to be able to share with you all on this first Sunday of the new year, I immediately began to feel as if the Spirit was saying to me that he wanted to do something different. And so as a result of that, you can kind of already tell we're in a little bit of a different format today for today's message because... The discussion that we're going to be having is all about reimagining your spiritual journey in 2021. It's easy for us oftentimes to be able to think about our spiritual journeys or how we want to grow spiritually at the beginning of a new year. And the things that we come up with are all really good things. Uh, I hope that you've decided that once you have the ability to attend church, uh, again, that you have decided already to do it more often. That's a great way to be able to spiritually grow. Great ways to spiritually grow are through our small group environment, as well as taking the time to make sure that you pick up scripture on a daily basis and read it. These are all the things that for many of us who have been in church for a long time, we know, we understand. Some of us have incorporated those as great good habits into our lives. Some of us, we're still needing need to practice in those areas, and and that's okay too. But At the same time, we wanted to take a little bit of a moment this morning to be able to talk about some things that we can be doing that go beyond the scope and sequence of what we normally think about when we think about spiritual growth. Uh, The first thing that I think that we need to understand is that spiritual growth is our own personal responsibilities, it is really, really easy for us to be able to put the responsibility of our spiritual growth on our spouse, on maybe our children, on maybe our church, on maybe the TV personality that we watch and 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 learn God's word from. We, it is easy for us to put the responsibility of our spiritual growth on others. But the reality is that spiritual growth is your own personal responsibility. We as a local church, we as a community of kingdom citizens who are actively attempting to follow Jesus, we are here in order to put together environments that help you spiritually grow. But it's your responsibility to be able to attend those environments and to be able to use those environments accordingly. Now, that's the first thing to understand. The second part of this is I've invited somebody else today to be a part of this conversation. And you many of you, you already know her. Uh, this is Bonnie Mace, and she is our communications director here at the Church of Seven Run. But I just got to say, Bonnie is so much more than what her title um, implies. Uh, Bonnie is, quite frankly, what I would consider one of our resident theologians. And, and we have had a lot of great discussions as to what it means uh, to grow inside of our spiritual journey. And so I've invited her along today for this discussion because um, I think she has a lot of things to be able to to, to share with us that are going to uh, make a big difference. Bonnie, tell me this, like based off of what I've already said this morning, do you got anything to add just in the general idea of spiritual journey?
1: Well, I do feel like everyone should know that I've never heard him say anything so nice about me before. So, <laughs> wow. And thank it, you for that. And
0: it, it's officially recorded, I guess.
1: I know. Yeah. I have hard evidence forever and ever that you can be nice to me. It's so uh, great. Uh, um, great. Anyway, back to this. Um, no, I'm just really excited about the conversation. I think you set it up really well. And I think that the only thing maybe to add is that oftentimes our moments of greatest spiritual growth can help happen. Not helping. Our greatest moments of spiritual growth can happen in the setting of a conversation like this.
0: And that's kind of why we wanted to set it up this way. Yeah is because we want to not not discount all of the ways that we typically spiritually grow through messages and through church attendance and all that. But we wanted to highlight that this is also one of those ways that we can spiritually right, grow.
1: Right, right. We want to always often put God inside of a box and think that he only works in particular settings, and particular spaces. And the truth is God works way beyond that. And so we hope that's just maybe step one of a way that you can allow God to work as you reimagine your own spiritual growth and allow him to be present um, in moments that don't include this physical building, right? So that's all.
0: So also kind of one of the kind of nonlinear ways of of talking about spiritual growth was that as you and I sat down and we started talking about, you know, how can we encourage people along new lines this year in pursuing their spiritual growth, we the traditional format might be that we would just give, hey, point one, point two, point three, point four, yeah. And as we started talking, we kind of started to say that that may not be the best approach because that's not how you, neither you nor I have really been able to spiritually grow. No. Um, the way that we can really obtain some spiritual growth is that we ask some questions. Mm-hmm. And so what we wanted to do today was kind of give you... Now, these aren't all the questions. No. Um, there are many, many more questions. But if you really want to pursue spiritual growth in 2021, um, what we thought we would do is give you four questions to consider over the course of this year, questions that you can go back to time and time again. Um, when you get stuck along the journey, ask the questions again and see if you can't go deeper. Mm-hmm. So with that said, Monty, what what would be the first question that you would throw out and and challenge people with?
1: Sure. So um, the very first question we came up with is one that I've wished I've had in my spiritual arsenal for like my entire life, but I haven't. Um, And it's the question of what's my fruit? How are my fruit? What's going on with that? And that's in reference to Galatians 5. Um, It's 22 and 23. You, You want me to read it? Yes.
0: But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things.
1: So right here inside of scripture, this is one of the things that often Pastor John and I refer to when we're chatting um, is kind of an outline that says, hey, you can see how you're feeling, how you're doing in your relationship with me in your own spiritual growth by checking on these attitudes, and reflections and emotions in your own life.
0: This is, the, this is the final destination of what it means to be a disciple. I think that there can be a lot of confusion um, depending on how you grew up, what your church background is, you know, what your own biblical training is. There can be a lot of confusion as to what does a disciple look like? What is a disciple of, uh, of Jesus? And we, I think we would all agree that a, a disciple, number one, is spirit-filled. Um, no matter kind of what Christian background you might come from. And well, then this verse explains it all. Uh, the, the spirit filled, but the Holy Spirit produces. If I'm spirit filled, then my life is producing uh, love and joy and peace and, and, and the following. The, so it becomes a, a gauge for us. The reason why this first question is so important is because it, come, it becomes the gauge for us if we're going through our day and we're not we may be doing all of the right stuff morally mm-hmm. but if we are not feeling love if we're not if we're not being love if we're not experiencing joy and personal peace inside that's the gauge that says something's off something's not i'm not really living the life of a disciple mm-hmm.
1: yep and some of the stuff we wanted to kind of unpack in our own stories. Pastor John and I each have unique stories, as do you, um, where God is working through you to reveal himself more and more. And that's an ongoing journey forever and ever. So part of my own story that you should know and kind of sets the context for, I think, anything else that I'm going to share with you about my journey is the fact that I grew up a very nice church kid, like model church kid, right here. What happened? Model church family, right? (laughs) Model church family, like we had keys to our church building. We looked great. We looked super great on the outside. Um, And I've been exposed to the story of the gospel and to the Bible my entire life. I was able to kind of commit to my own relationship with Jesus very early on. And then I got kind of swept up in some of the stuff we're talking about, which is religion and morals and things like that. And here's what For me, as I mentioned, I didn't have this question. I didn't have this portion as a tool in my own life to say, how am I really doing in following Jesus right now? How am I really doing following Jesus in this season? What I was given in the context of religion was a nice looking checklist of things to do and ways to appear and how to kind of prop up those ways in a way that could be publicly celebrated So I knew what words to say, I knew what words not to say, and I knew how to correct someone in love um, when they weren't quite living up to that moral standard. And here's the truth about religious Bonnie versus Bonnie who tries to follow Jesus every single day. The fruit of the Bonnie of religion was something along the lines of, in the inside, feeling a little bit hateful, judging, destroying, prideful, manipulative, bothered by people, rude, and that's just the opposite. And what comes down to the basis of all of it is I was just really unaware of myself, of others, of love itself. And so these were all of the fruit that religion void of Jesus offered me. And so um, having the gift of self-awareness and fruit awareness has allowed me to see that the checklist of things that I was given in my early upbringing in my religion oftentimes couch like nobody's trying to destroy us right like in that um was making me kind of a horrible person so um this question of what's my fruit has allowed me to actually live in a life of love and joy and peace and all of the following um but my checklist isn't as nice anymore
0: because the, the, the religious notions cause us to, they are outside answers to what should be inside solutions. And, and when it's all said and done, I, I've never met, I really haven't, I've never met the person really living in love, in joy, in peace, that's not also living morally and, and, and according to the way that Jesus would want us to live our lives. If that is the interior reality, um, if the if the if the spirit is producing fruit in that way, then I'll then other stuff the, the, the other stuff get, takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So here's the here's the second question that that we kind of came up with was um, was this is that we we found a lot of people get stuck in their spiritual growth because what will happen is we have questions and we're immediately looking for the answers to those questions. And I think kind of time and time again, whether it was, whether it was the rich young ruler, whether it was Nicodemus, uh, there are many people throughout the story of Jesus that come to him in search of having a question answered. And interestingly enough, in very few of those situations do we ever find where Jesus actually answers the question. And what I think Jesus is trying to do is to pull them into a deeper spiritual journey. So part of the challenge in reimagining your own spiritual growth in 2021 might be that you don't spend this year looking for as many answers as what you would like to, to, to look for, and rather that you start reading scripture and attempt to look for the questions um, and I think that Matthew chapter five, Jesus kind of illustrates for us what, what that might look like, what it looks like for us to be more about finding questions to ask versus um, just trying to look for answers. That being the case, Bonnie, I think you best illustrate this even inside of where you are right now in, in toddler life.
1: Yeah. Um, But don't call him a toddler. He's a preschooler. Okay.
0: Okay. Preschooler.
1: He's a little offended. He
0: would be offended. I I will apologize later on.
1: Yes. He's four. He's a solid four. And he's very sure that that is not a toddler anymore. Um, But yeah, no, um, I can't live my life without a constant barrage of questions from the moment my son's eyes open to the moment that they close. And sometimes in his sleep, even we have heard him asking questions about life and trying to understand what does this happen? How does this happen? What is it why I mean might just be the thumbprint question of my life right now because I hear the question "Why I think more than any other human I would like to claim more than any other human being, but my parents feel me on this, like you know the why questions, and you've been there yourself too, yeah, so this posture of a little child um asking questions and seeking, um and when he asks questions, he's asking because he trusts me in my relationship as well. Um, he knows who I am. And so he trusts that I'm going to lead him in the right direction. And I think that's what Jesus often refers to um, in that passage as well.
0: In, in Matthew 18, beginning in, in, in verse one, the, they come to Jesus with a question again. And, and here's the question. About, the time, uh, about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Uh, talk about an ego question. Uh, Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. And then he said, "I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins, unless you unless you repent, unless you start, unless you change your minds and you start to think differently, and and how should you think differently? You should become like a little child. You should become in such a way where you're always asking the questions and become like a little child. Be open to receiving answers." Um, that you may not have been comfortable with formerly, um, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me.
1: I like how you phrased that right there, because one thing that popped into my head that I realized is that My four year old, he cannot ask a leading question. I think that's how we often enter scripture as. Christians as, you know, as um, religious people from time to time is we go in thinking that we're asking questions, but we're actually coming in with leading questions, looking for a particular answer. Um, For me personally, when I read my Bible this way, going in with a leading question where I was looking for a particular answer, I got stuck in this awful, like what I'm going to call Bible reading shame spiral, um, where I would go in with my leading question, feeling like the posture of my heart was, I am going to find this answer by asking asking this question, and then when I read my Bible and I couldn't find what other people had told me to look for, I started to feel shame because I wasn't coming up with the same answers that everyone around me was coming up with. And maybe there was something in my Bible that felt a little bit, um, like, uh, not exactly in line with what I was being told. And so I'd close my Bible and I'd put it on my nightstand because that's where good Christian people have their Bibles, on their nightstand. Is
0: on their nightstand. Yes, because
1: when you go to bed and when you wake up, it's there for you but then the bible would collect the dust on the nightstand until i felt enough shame to pick up and shake the dust off of it again and re-enter this whole crazy gotta find the right answers to my questions bible reading shame spiral that's not how we read the bible as christ followers
0: what what has it done for you in terms of now kind of approaching the bible in 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 a you know in its story format and reading it and and saying hey like walking away with more questions and answers
1: so I think that's an interesting thing that we, that's a new conversation to talk about reading the Bible as a story and looking, you know, instead of for answers, like what is God saying? What is Jesus saying? Um, Approaching scripture in this way for me has allowed me to understand kind of the vastness of who God is. Um, And the fact that God is not uncomfortable with ambiguity. He's not uncomfortable with gray area. This doesn't mean that he's like kind of a sadistic. I think we often think like, oh God, so so sadistic and he's going to leave me like confused forever. Yeah. No, that's not the truth. The truth is when you're brave enough to wade deep into the gray questions, you find that God's sitting there right in the middle of them, very confident. Um, he's, and not he's not scared. He's not of scared of He's not scared of your question. He's not scared of it at all. And that, that's a very biblical thing too. Um, I was reminded of Isaiah 40 of just like how vast God is. And if you're worried that you're going to lose God in your questioning, go back and sit in Isaiah 40 for a little
0: well, bit. Today. There's a whole book, right, of Job that is designed to show us, once again, that this is an okay process. Not only Job, but I mean, we watched David do it throughout the throughout the Psalms. Anybody that was serious about their own spiritual growth throughout scripture is a question asker. Yep. Yeah. Um, and And I like what you said about not being a leading question asker, not expecting an a- not expecting the answer uh, that you want yeah but re- that 's a totally different level yeah. So,
1: we like that though. It's more comfortable.
0: It, 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 looking for the answers we want is more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, um, here's the here's kind of the third question that we that we talked about. And, and this is one that it kind of seems a little bit funny. It kind of seems like it's a question that might be like way too simplistic for, for, for most people because most people might say, Well, I've answered that question already. Um, yet, many people will think that they've answered this question and if they will go back to the first question. Which is uh, the gauges and they look at their life, they may think they 've answered the question, but if they look at their life they 'll discover they 're not really living in a whole lot of love and joy and peace, and not living in that may be a key indicator that they haven 't actually answered this question, and I think that this question too before i you know before I reveal it uh, in its simplicity, I think that this is a question that we can oftentimes think. Uh, I, you, you answer this question once for all of lifetime, like right before you know, you go to college or, uh, you know, or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I think that this is a reoccurring question. I think that this is a question that's got to be looked at over and over again. So here's the question, the big one. Why am I here? <laughs> why am I here? What, um, what would you say about this question?
1: Um, I think the question, why am I here, honestly gets posed in, in our culture, in our climate, in a lot of ways, very differently for different people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm interested in your story because in my story, this was not often a question that was afforded to me to answer. This was a question that was given with a prescription. Um, Just in the fact that I'm a young woman in the yeah. church and there are particular things um, in my story that I'm expected to do and be? And I, I bet that's a little different from what your experience with this question may have been.
0: Well, the, one, the first thing I would say is, as I was already kind of sharing with everybody, it's, this is not a question that I've tried to answer for myself at one, one time. Uh, this is a question which I, I continually try to return to because I really do think you have to return to it for continued spiritual growth. Uh, however, in some context. Um, from the way that I was raised, it was very similar to you in terms of in terms of there was an expected answer to that question of why am I here and I think for me in in the church context that I was raised, a, a call to ministry, um, and when I say ministry, a call to vocational ministry. Right. Was kind of considered the absolute pinnacle of what anybody could do inside of their entire life. And, and so, you know, certainly that was one of the, those things that I, I aspired to. Now, obviously I, I achieved that, right? I achieved the, the answer that was expected of me. But yet at the age of 41, I would still find myself sitting under a tree in a rehab unit. Um, you know, as a result of struggling with my addiction with alcohol. And so um, it was at that moment, though, for me that this question really came up and it, it it came up in a conversation with God and I sitting under this tree where I literally I literally just said, why am I here? Like, I I don't know. I, I don't get it. And it, the question was even more just like, why am I here? It was why is any of this here? Why does why does any of this exist? What is the point of any of it? And and I know for me uh, uh, the starting point that that God gave me, and and I would encourage anybody who's asking this question today to to maybe return to this starting point. Um, he may give you something else as you're looking and asking this question for yourself, uh, but he brought me all the way back to the starting point. He brought me all the way back and said, John, I just want you to think through you know Genesis chapter one and uh, and and Genesis chapter two. And I would encourage any and all of you maybe to just go back and, and when you're asking this question, why am I here? Why are we here? Um, why do we exist? Like, what's the point? Um, we can, we can think, a, we can think we're here for a lot of other things, but when you just see creation story and when you just see what God was attempting to accomplish um, with man, it was relationship. And, and And it was love, and love cannot exist without relationship and Really, when you look at this beautiful creation story, as God created planet Earth, he was creating for me what I see as love 's playground, the place where love could play, um, the place where love could skip and have joy and and could be in relationship, and at the end of the day like that that was it and so then how does, that, how does that unfold? I will tell you, coming to that conclusion under the tree that day um, radically changed my outlook on, on ministry, on vocational ministry, on, on the real recognition that everybody's calling is, is centered right here in the, just this moment of relationship and love. Um, and and it, I think it, it changed my approach to living all the way around.
1: I have to say, it's been really fun to see how your viewpoint has changed through all of that. I got to know you before that moment yeah. under the tree, yeah. and I know you after that moment under the tree. Um, and it's been one that's really helped me shape my viewpoint of this question, too. And as I mentioned, like a lot of the undertones of the prescription for for a young woman in the church is that my ultimate why I'm here is to have a kid and be a great wife. And that there begins my beginning and ending of influencing God's work in my life. And I have to tell you, like, it was never said maliciously. It was never said as something that, you know, someone was trying to tamp me down. It's just one of those cultural things in the air. So whenever that part happened for me, I've arrived as wife and mother. It's really why I'm here? Um, kind of led me to just a further question that I'll unpack later on of just who am I? And the same thing draws back true as to why he created this beautiful thing. Why Adam and Eve were existence? Like he loves me. I'm his well-loved kid. I'm his creation. And he wants me to be alive in relationship with him. So that, that answer for me is kind of the thing that I continue to come back to again and again, and has helped kind of lead into our last question, just um, provide um, like a study foundation. Cause this last question, I think it might be the most rapidly changing one that we have.
0: Um, or maybe it should be, maybe the reason why we're spiritually stuck is because it's not rapidly changing. Right. Um, but that the question that we just asked, why am I here is so important because it's the motivation. It's the, it's the, it's the energy. It's the spirit behind answering the next one. Right. And, and the next question would be to ask ourselves continually all the time, what am I to do now that I know why I'm, I'm, I'm to be here. What am I to do while I am here? Um, and so for me, kind of in in answering that question, um, you know this, bunny, I came up with three words, and I think I've shared this with you guys before, but I, I've got kind of three words that drive my day every day when I answer the question of why am I here? I, I'm here to love, to create, and to inspire. Um, those are pretty three general words. Uh, they don't They don't bring a whole lot of checklist to them. However, what they do is they bring me guidance every day. Why am I here to love, to create, to inspire? Every day, I can look back over my day. And even going into the day and thinking about meetings that I'm going to be in or conversations that I'm going to be having, people that I'm going to be with, I I oftentimes am already thinking, hey, even in this conversation, how am I going to love, how am I going to create, how am I going to inspire this person? Um, And so, you know, it, they, it, those three things help guide for me what it is I am to do that day. But, but what am I, if I know why I'm here and, and not everybody has to have three words, that's my thing. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, if, if, if I know why I'm here, what am I to do with it? And you, this is one of your favorite verses.
1: It is Ephesians two ten. Um, so it, you can read it, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. I have my own Bonnie E's version that I keep in my head. But if you went to go well, look it up, you'd be like, she's not reading that, right? Well,
0: here's the whole thing. I, I, well, Here's what I want to do. We're going to read Ephesians 2.10. And then I want you to tell us your Bonnie E's sure. version, yeah. okay? Yeah, so know. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. Mm-hmm. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us, and I love this part long ago like the, if you think your life in any way shape or form is a mistake is is you know that god didn 't know what he was doing um he made plans for you long ago so but you what 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 's the Bonnie okay, E's version the Bonnie of this?
1: E's is pretty close, but not quite it's just um you're god 's masterpiece created long ago to do exactly what he called you out to do. And so that's my, yeah, that's my body's uh, it's version. That's a good translation. No Greek involved there. None of that, but it's, them, um, it's really foundational for me. Um, and one of the things before we kind of close that for this question that is important, I think for us to consider is that this answer changes like the truth. Mm-hmm. Like we said, the core to it is you are a masterpiece. Like that's already declared. The things that you're doing in the time never compromise that that declaration of God over your life. Um, however, we're always going to have shifting platforms. We're going to have shifting gifts. We're going to have shifting capacities. Personally, I'm like in one of the lowest capacity seasons of my life because I just had a baby. And man, like that, that shifts things dramatically. But that doesn't change anything about what God is calling me to do and who he's made me to be. So keeping in mind that even though what he's calling us to do that comes and goes in seasons, it comes and goes with different people in our life. um, That's okay. Um, What you're called to do is still foundationally important.
0: I am to love and I'm here to love, to create, inspire. How I do that changes every single day. Every single day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we look, I think a lot, we put a lot of weight Identity on this question, as opposed to on the declaration of what God has called to you.
0: Yes, and if we find ourselves stuck, it may be because we're trying to do the same thing today that we did yesterday, and that's not today's calling. Mm
1: -hmm. And this can be really painful, I think, sometimes. Like our position changing, our people in our lives changing, all of that stuff. You can get your identity wrapped up in there. So it can be really hard to let go of from time to time. However, foundationally, God has declared you a masterpiece. He calls you his well-loved kid and that's it, right? That's all.
0: (laughs) So, Bonnie, we've been talking about, you know, we want people to be asking these four questions. And we hope, we hope folks that you've taken note of them today and that, and that they just won't be questions that you try to uh, attempt to ask today or tomorrow. But, but every time this year that you start to find yourself in a, in a spiritually stuck place or in a, a, in a deeper longing for what God might have for you next, that you would take the time to just sit down and just reexamine these questions again. Um, But again, we started this whole thing by talking about the fact that, um, you know, the church is an environment where you could and should be able to seek further spiritual growth. Um, you're responsible for your spiritual growth. However, we should be providing environments for that. And so, you know, Bonnie, with that said, um, you and I've been talking about some of these environments over the course of, of the last few months and what we hope to be able to uh, do for some of our folks on their journey this year.
1: Yeah, for sure. And to just reemphasize as a final piece, like what matters most in this opportunity that we're hoping to create here at Severn Run is your participation um, and is your active involvement in it. For For your own spiritual growth. That's not a selfish thing. That's what God delights in, in you, is for you to continue to grow in this. Um, You know, I mentioned Ephesians 2.10. It's kind of a life verse, but if you go through all of Ephesians 2, it's really, really important because he starts out the entire chapter by saying, once you were dead because of your disobedience. And I think church people, fellow church people, we get so stuck in dead stuff we are called God's masterpiece. We're asked to come alive and growing in Him. And we continue to go back to some dead stuff that look really good. And as we mentioned before, actually are an outflow of communion and relationship with God, like saying the right words, reading the right stuff, going to the right places, being in relationship, you know, all of those things. Um, justice is another one. We can get so wrapped up in the good stuff that front. From God and seeking those good things instead of seeking God Himself and who He's called you to be. And so I think it's important as you enter these spaces and opportunities to recognize that you're not dead anymore and you're not seeking dead stuff and you're not getting a checklist out of these experiences and you're not getting like a list of rules either. We are going to set environments that allow you to find questions. To help you ask these non-leading questions of an all-knowing God so that you can discover Him and then who He says you are in a deep and powerful way. I personally believe, I know Pastor John does too, that that is where real spiritual growth lies. When we start to really understand, who is this God that I claim to follow and want to know, and who does He say I am? Well, He says you're a masterpiece who's alive here and now, and He's given you an example in Jesus to follow that. So let's shake off our deadness in 2021. Let's not seek out after the good looking stuff that comes from a relationship with God, but instead seek the relationship with God and let the good looking stuff take care of itself. Um, so if you're interested in doing that, if you're interested in being a part of this spiritual journey and kind of hearing some of the ideas that we have set up for this growth journey, we want to invite you to a digital introductory meeting. So the date for this introductory meeting is gonna be January 12th at 7 p.m. And it's gonna be online because of our COVID season right now. That's just gonna be the best place for us to get together and for the most of us to engage. If that becomes an issue for you, give us a call. We'll work out another time for you to be a part. But you can sign up for this introductory conversation On SevernRun.com slash growth. And that URL is going to be right on the screen right here, SevernRun.com slash growth. And we want to start this conversation with you, kind of give you a menu of choices that you can engage in, and you'll get more specifics and more details here. Here's the thing, this whole experience is gonna be a little bit too loose for our type A people and it's gonna be a little bit too structured for our type B people and that's totally okay and that's part of the fun of this thing that we're doing together. So Pastor John and I are super excited to have all of you um, come along in this and I hope that we'll see you there on January 12th
0: and Bonnie i we I have enjoyed this conversation again today. I hope that you guys have enjoyed the conversation, and I hope that what you will have over the course of twenty twenty one is many, many, many spiritual conversations with uh you know fellow Jesus followers, and that what those will lead to is even more questions and a deeper love for Jesus and a deeper response to that love for Jesus by going out there and sharing your life-changing salvation with the world. So thank you guys for today and welcome to 2021. God's got big things in store for us as we get serious about reimagining our spiritual growth.